power of Castle Hate Skull. I am Hellamarkhorny. I'm keeping it going. I don't care what the haters are going to say about this intro because I'm a huge childhood fan of He-Man. And I'm going to keep this going, okay? Don't go back and watch He-Man. Just a word of advice from me to you. I'm very nostalgic towards He-Man. I went and watched a few episodes of it. It's available on Hulu now. And let me just say, it might ruin your childhood to see how terrible the show was. But let's just take that intro, which was absolutely banging back in the day. Just if you were a kid and you didn't get pumped up by the He-Man intro, like, what are you doing in life? So that's why I'm co-opting that. We don't have to talk about the cheesy storylines or why Skeletor's voice is so high or how he's so buff but has a skeleton face. It just doesn't make any sort of sense whatsoever. But we're going to leave that aside and take what we want and move on from there. Welcome back to another episode, episode five. They kept the lights on again for us. It's incredible. As of this recording, we just hit 20,000 views. Oh, whoa, crazy, right? Who would have thought? Certainly not the haters, right? Certainly not them. I'm sure by the time this podcast drops, uh, it'll be much closer to a million views. So just I'm just time stamping this and go, Thursday, we're coming in. Uh, I don't even know if I could say that. I don't know if it, we're trying to keep it a secret when I record the podcast because a lot of haters are trying to come by and undermine me in the processes of this recording. So the location, the date, and the time, probably best if we keep that under wraps just because <laughs> my haters are obsessive. They can't just hate and leave. They always come back. It's like, oh my God, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> like, this is really embarrassing for you. So <laughs> I'd recommend you stop. Anyway, episode five. I'm so psyched. We got some cool stuff today. We got another champion of the week, another guest coming in here. You know, it's, it's not one of these podcasts where you just talk to people, but I'm sprinkling that in. Okay. So got some sprinkles and some toppings on this podcast for you as far as other people coming into the studio and dropping some knowledge on your brain, Sicole. So, that being said, sup, fool? Let's talk about what's going on with, with me this past week in my favorite current event topic of this podcast, sup, fool, where I tell you, sup, fool? So this past week, if you pay attention to my IG at all, you may have noticed that I posted a video of myself doing 365 for five on bench and just crushing it. Haters will say that my butt came up, but you know, I have a really big butt, so it may have looked that way, but actually my cheeks were still touching the bench. So, you know, before you jump to conclusions about where my ass was in the middle of that lift, I'm gonna encourage you to just kind of zoom in, zoom in on my butt crack. I know you're probably doing that with a lot of men these days if you're one of my haters, but go ahead and do it to my video and see for yourself, okay? So it was the set after that that I tried to go for 315, 415 reps as a PR. The most I've done it before is 13. Um, and something terrible happened. I strained my pec. I'm not going to say, I, you know, tore it. That's very dramatic. There was no bruising, nothing crazy happened, but but I felt the pop. It's the first time I've ever felt a pop in my pec. Uh, you'll hear a lot uh, of warnings about doing flat bench press and how that's kind of the one that most people injure their pec on. I'm not saying you can't do it with incline. Obviously, there's a famous recent example of this bodybuilder who was doing five plates on incline and just, you could see his pec pop and rip off, you know, 
the tendon and, and retract back immediately. It's grotesque. If you're into that sort of thing, you can easily look it up. 500-pound incline bodybuilder pec tear. And there's probably a lot of pec tears on the web, like any gruesome injury. <laughs> you sick fucks. It's almost better, actually. Um, so I'm not here to, to talk about like, oh, woe is me, terrible, you know, circumstances. I'm going to tell you about the positive for that. This is my, my weekly insight into training. And I'm kind of always doing these segments. If I talk about training, it's like things I wish I would have known or learned at an earlier age. So hopefully if you're younger than me or whatever, or at a different place in your, your fitness journey, you can take some of these lessons and use them. Uh, I'm going to talk about this from two different angles. The first one is it's easy to get sort of depressed and get off the horse, so to speak, in the same way that like, let's say you have a cheat meal and you feel guilty about it. Like it wasn't planned and you were trying to stick to your diet and it's, you know, you're like my cheat days on Saturday, but it's Thursday. And I went nuts at the pizzeria, the local pizzeria, you know, you had your own little pizza gate go down and you went off diet. People have a tendency to sort of go, well, that's shot. My diet's shot. So I'm going to eat shitty all weekend, right? And get off that horse. And as you learn resilience, you learn not to do that and kind of go, okay, it is what it is. Let's look towards the positive. I can eat less tomorrow, whatever. Same thing with injuries. Um, I've had a number of injuries over the course of my life, both from blunt force trauma, like tearing my ACL. Um, I, have my, I have a torn labrum in my shoulder that's from, you know, getting hit and dislocating it during football, all these things. And I have some overuse injuries. <clears throat> when I was younger, like if I hurt my back or something, you know, would go awry because if you have a lingering back injury, it can always come up, you know, in weird ways, like you're fatigued. And I remember one time I popped it out of place, like putting a 10 pound weight back on the, the weight tree um, because you're already fatigued. And then just one little thing can do it. And oftentimes I would spiral into depression or just look like, oh my God, woe is me. I can't do anything. I'm going to sit here. I can't train the way I want to ideally. So I'm just not going to do anything. And then if I'm not training, I'm not eating right, all this stuff. Nowadays, I have this mentality of going, what can I do? If I can't use this peck, well, let's look on the bright side. This peck's actually bigger than the other one because I have this muscular imbalance and I'm normally doing, uh, you know, barbell stuff because of my shoulder. So I said, okay, let me do a few peck workouts where I'm just doing this side. And maybe that'll catch up eventually, right? So that's one way to look at the bright side is if you can't, do this thing? Is there a way to improve some other area? In this case, I needed the other side to be improved, but I neglected because it's kind of weird and awkward just doing one side of your body. But forcing myself to do it made me realize like, oh, this wasn't that bad. And I should be doing this more like maybe once a week, I could do one side of my body until it gets uh, better or until it catches up. I didn't go off my training. I did what I could. I took this mentality of it happened. I'm going to let it heal. Uh, I'm going to treat it right. I'm not going to push it in any way. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I'm resting this. I'm not resting the rest of my body. I'm not going to, you know, eat like crap and just do no training whatsoever because, well, woe is me. Now, on the other side of that, I have had times in my life where, like, I pulled my hamstring in, in high school, uh, in college before my senior year, and I kept trying to, like, push it. Like, the, the, the day before camp started, I was running sprints, tore my hamstring, and each week I would try to come back. It wasn't fully healed yet. So on the other side of things, you can push it too fast and also injure, you know, if you're too eager to get back to it, that's another lesson I've learned is like, just let it heal completely. 
be careful, don't push it, especially from outside forces, right? Because the peer pressure of a team, or maybe your lifting partner or whoever else is in your life or some idea of a goal, you know, for your physique might also be that external pressure that you're experiencing that makes you want to push something faster than would be smart, you know? So I have lingering injuries from stuff like that, pulled hamstring, pulled groin that like still clicks and pops because every week I'd be trying to get back in the game and it's just ultimately a long-term stupid idea, but I was succumbing to peer pressure. Now you can't tell me shit because I'm my own person and I only listen to me. Except when people are telling me I'm cute, then I listen to everybody. <laughs> All right, everybody's favorite segment. This is why we can't have nice gyms. We got another explanation of the exact reasons that we can't have nice gyms. And in this case, it's because people use their cell phones excessively in the gym. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a hypocrite. I use my cell phone in the gym. I listen to music. I'm on it between sets. You know, I, I use my cell phone a lot. You know, people are, it's like a hugely popular thing today to be like, you're using your phone so much. And then everybody's a hypocrite about it because we all use our phones a lot. Granted, right? And maybe you legitimately do have to conduct business in the gym and you're so pressed for time that you have to be on your phone doing whatever, answering work emails. Like, let's take all those exceptions uh, out of the equation for a second. I filmed this video that you're gonna see in the gym the other day while training a client. I noticed a young man on the leg press tried to knock at his face, but I saw he's doing, first of all, he's doing partial reps. Second of all, I saw that cell phone between the crack there and I was like, oh my God, he's literally texting as he's doing reps. I try not to be that guy filming people in the gym. You know, <laughs> of course I watch your submissions. If you see anybody filming, uh, uh, like doing ridiculous stuff because that's how we get these kinds of clips. Somebody has to record it. And I've seen far worse and more ridiculous stuff than this, but I saw this and I'm like, man, I gotta do it. This is why we can't have nice gyms about people using cell phones and specifically people using cell phones during a set, right? That's the most extreme example of what I'm talking about because this is an able-bodied guy. He's young. Sometimes you'll see like old people on their cell phones or you just kind of like, you give somebody a, a pass for whatever reason. This guy's like in his twenties, <laughs> he's on leg press. He's doing half reps. Doesn't look like he's struggling that much. And my perspective is why? What does that add to your workout? Is it even worth it at that point? If your intensity level is so low on the leg press that you can text while you're leg pressing, you're doing nothing. You're getting virtually no uh, stimulus or results. This was during a leg workout for me. I was over there on the leg extension machine. Sometimes I'll start off with uh, hamstring curls and, and quad extensions to get a pre-exhaustion before I go to heavier compound lifts. And I went over to the leg press after that, worked up to like eight plates, full range of motion. The discomfort level of doing an intense set of leg press, like there's no way you even want to think about looking at your cell phone. You're just trying to get through this. You're trying to, you know, not have uh, your face explode with all the blood that's rushing to it. Um, you are trying to work through the pain. You're trying to to get through this incredibly intense exertion that your legs are feeling that really requires the focus of, you know, your entire mind and the concentration of your whole body to brace itself for that contraction. The leg press should be super intense, right? Because you're taking all these other elements out of this leg movement. You don't have to balance. 
you know, your lower back isn't involved. You don't have to have perfect form. You just put your legs on the thing, jack the weight up and pump out reps. So this stood out to me as particularly egregious because it's like, it's one thing if you're like, maybe doing like one arm curls or something and you're texting or doing something else, but like, you know, to really hit legs in a way that, that will give you a proper stimulus for them to grow, this ain't it. Now, granted, <laughs> there's this isn't the only person. So we're going to watch a little compilation here of uh, people on their phones in between uh, sets and whatnot. This is the type of thing that annoys people when you see somebody, you're like, hey, could I use the machine? And, you know, you, they're like, yeah, I got 10 more sets. And they're on their cell phone the entire time. Like, now you could be timing your, your rest and be on your cell phone. And, and I've done that before often, like if I'm lifting alone, I'll time it out two, three minutes or, or whatever it may be, one, two, three, depending on the kind of workout you're doing. The thing is though, that I found, because recently I've started putting my phone away uh, in a locker when I go to the workout, your workouts will benefit tremendously. When you're not, when you're fully focused on your workout and you don't even have the opportunity to check your phone, you're going to take less rest. And in fact, you're gonna incentivize yourself. Like when I go for a hill run, for example, you know, it's nice to listen to music on your phone. Maybe if you have an iPod that you could like listen to it without having a phone, that's great because it's always going to be this temptation there. And when you don't have it, I mean, even if you are addicted to your phone, what you're going to be thinking the whole time is, oh, I really want to use my phone. I better finish this hill run as quickly as possible or finish this workout and get back to my phone. So use your cell phone addiction against your own brain and put it away and use that as an incentive to get through quickly and with intensity and hit it hard and not take any additional rest. Because what happens is when you're on your phone, inevitably, you're going to take longer rest periods. You're not going to realize it, right? You can like, who hasn't been on their phone? You think you're on there for like two minutes. And you're like, oh my God, that was 12 minutes. You know, you're trying to waste some time like, oh, I'll just, yeah, oh, it's six, uh, you know, 649. I don't have to get up till seven. Let me just scroll Instagram. All of a sudden it's like, oh my God, it's 715. Like time flies when you're on your phone and in that little world that, that distorts your perception of time. So I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't ever done this, try it out, experiment with it. Put the phone, either leave it at home or put it in a locker uh, and see the difference in your workout. I guarantee you the intensity level will increase and nobody's going to film you being an asshole. All right, that's it for this week's Why We Can't Have Nice Gyms. And the determination is that cell phones and our excessive use of them is why we can't have nice gyms. Welcome to another segment of Mark Harley's Bro Science Academy. I am professor of bro science, PhD, Mark Harley. This week, I wanted to talk about something called the Tabata Method. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but I just wanna give a, pre a brief overview and first tell you why this is uh, something that I was thinking about. I was with a client, and, and as you know, I'm a huge cat lover. He's got cats too. And we were talking about playing with your cats. Like a lot of cats, when I see a fat cat, I'm like, this cat either doesn't go outside or it's neglected by its owner as far as playing, and, and its only joy in life is to eat. Um, so you can remedy that. I read somewhere with like, you know, what's the time commitment of playing with your cat? Six minutes. If you, if you play like with the laser pointer or, or, you know, wave a ribbon in its face for six minutes a day, turns out, that's like a, a great amount of time for your cat. Now, my client, like the next day was like, yo, bro, like, you know, you need to communicate that in some way that like six minutes a day or this very short period of time can be effective with workouts. And it often is. You can do a five-minute workout. You can do, uh, you know, I'll often give my uh, 
clients five minutes of homework. Like how many pushups can you do in five minutes? How many, you know, or, or do this many burpees and try to aim to go under five minutes. You can do an incredible amount of work in under five minutes. And the reason that we sort of know the science behind this, um, like, you know, you could do something really significant in under five minutes in a high intensity interval training context, a subset of high intensity interval training or HIT style training uh, is a more specific version of that called Tabata. Tabata is basically anything that has a 20 second work all out, work, sprint, exertion level, followed by 10 seconds of rest, right? So you can only sprint for so long, like, you know, imagine whatever, you're sprinting for 20 seconds. It's hard to keep that up, but if you give yourself a little bit of rest afterwards, you can then keep going and keep going and keep going. So it gives you this amount of rest that keeps your heart rate up, but like allows a little bit of that lactic acid to clear out. And you can take that ratio of like a two to one all out exertion to rest. Like, you know, maybe you could max that out to like a minute to 30 seconds, you know, and it's still kind of under the umbrella of Tabata. But as far as something that we know works, that's sort of shocking because it's so simple and so minimalistic as far as the time commitment is what this guy, Dr. Tabata, studied, which was um, eight little cycles of 20 seconds and 10 seconds rest. 20 seconds exertion, 10 seconds rest, which adds up um, to four minutes. So one Tabata, the classic Tabata is, let's say you're doing mountain climbers, burpees, push-ups, sprinting, running in place, any types of these things, and you could do a different type of exercise for each 20 seconds, but like let's say mountain climbers, right? 20 seconds, all out mountain climbers, as many as you can, as fast as you can for 20 seconds, then rest 10 seconds. Give it a shot, right? You could probably do this during the podcast. You have four minutes, um, you know, do 20, 10, 20, 10, 20, 10, until you hit four minutes, you can get a timer from the app store for free. You'll realize you're doing a workout, but I think that the sort of shocking thing is the measurable results. I'm going to read a little bit about Tabata, uh, the name Tabata comes from the man who invented it, Dr. Izumi Tabata, a Japanese physician and researcher. He conducted a study using an interval-based training model. Uh, his objective was to see if athletes would benefit from a 2010 session repeated eight times. So, Dr. Tabata took two groups and put them on an exercise program for six weeks. The control group did one hour of moderate intensity exercise five times a week. So maybe like you're jogging or something. I'd consider a moderate intensity, like you're not walking or, you know, speed walking, incline walking, low intensity, jogging where, you know, you're doing something sort of significant. You're exerting yourself, but not to the point where um, you have too much lactic acid buildup. So that was one group, moderate intensity, five times a week for an hour, right? The other group did the high intensity Tabata style training. The moderate intensity did 1800 minutes of training for the control group versus 120 minutes total of training for the Tabata group over the six weeks, right? So think about that difference. 1,800 minutes versus 120 minutes over six weeks. The results speak for themselves. The Tabata group improved both its aerobic and anaerobic fitness levels. Um, their anaerobic fitness levels increased 28%, um, and also their aerobic fitness increased as well. So he basically that four minutes um, increased aerobic and anaerobic capacity in a superior fashion to the hundred uh, or sorry the the hour long moderate intensity. So sort of shocking, right? Because you just wouldn't think so. And we have this 
notion of time, I think in gym and fitness, like you're not doing enough. If you're not doing like a 90 minute, you know, P90X, or you're not like in the gym for an hour or, or every sort of starting point for when people come to me, especially during the pandemic is like, I don't have time, right? Well, I would work out, but I don't have an hour for a CrossFit class or a cardio class or two hours at the gym. Cause I like, you know, it's like if I'm doing a bodybuilding style workout, sure. And I have the time I'll, I'll, I'll do a bunch of, you know, sets and over the course of two hours. And that can be very effective if your goal is strength and hypertrophy. But if you're just looking to get a really good workout and get the benefits, the mental benefits, release those endorphins and actually increase your cardiovascular capacity and your endurance, turns out the Tabata method takes away your time excuse because everybody has four minutes. If you're telling me you don't have four minutes during the day, you're lying to me. And I don't like liars, okay? So stop fucking lying to me and just do the Tabata method, you sick fucks. Okay, I got a whole new segment for you guys this week called Fitness Fraud of the Week. Now, this is maybe something we could have categorized the first segment I did on This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Gyms with the guy Joel Seedman, who I, you know, maybe I'll do a more in-depth dive into this guy and the tactics that he uses um, to, to sell you BS and market himself. But I feel like this is such a common phenomenon in the fitness industry. We're going to be taking a look at a guy today called the Liver King. <laughs> a lot to say about him. So I'm, I'm trying to get into this eloquently. At first, some people had suggested him to me as far as a natty or not. But when you look at this guy's picture, I think it's sort of redundant to do a natty or not. Guys like more plates, more dates. I've done an in-depth look at his physique and what he might be on. And I think it sort of goes without saying that you would, I don't know for a fact, but you'd look at a guy like this and go, he's obviously enhanced. He has um, an enormous amount of muscle. Just judging by his face, he looks like he's in his late 30s or 40s. I'm not really sure. I'm not going to speculate on that. But like, you know, he's an old guy with a gigantic amount of muscle the red skin, you know, the 6% body fat, the hyper-prominent abs and vascularity, all the telltale signs that somebody is on beyond TRT, let's just say it. He's, he's probably on a lot of anabolics, and he looks great. He works hard. He posts some of his workouts. He, you know, no doubt in my mind that, that he has worked and earned his physique, and he doesn't look that way just as a result of anabolics, but Let's take it for granted that he is on anabolics because that brings me to my next point, which is people in the fitness industry will try to sell you things based on some principle, some plan, some secret, and leave a key component out, right? In this case, his entire shtick is this ancestral living thing. Um, we got to live like our ancestors. He's got these like 10 tenants you know, that it's like, uh, oh, move like our early ancestors did, uh, you know, sleep like a rock, eat like our early ancestors did. Everything's like ancestor, avoid dangers like our early ancestors. <laughs> Literally everything's like our, like our ancestors. Get cold, um, fat, soluble activators, sensible sun exposure, and magnesium. All these things that independently I can get behind. Sure, you should do cold. You should do sun. You should, you know, lift heavy things. You should run. I assume that's what he's talking about with this, you know, avoid predators by running, okay? <laughs> um, sure, you know, humans are designed to run, for sure. And I do think there is wisdom in looking at the past and saying, what are humans meant to do? What have we historically done? Is that something in our DNA that sort of feels inherently satisfying because we've evolved to do certain things, kind of like with, a, you know, you have a cat, 
a cat is <laughs> evolved to kill things. So if you don't play with it and kind of play those like killing games, it's going to be depressed and bored and not happy. So of course there is wisdom in that, but he doesn't stop there, right? He goes on to say, you know, you should eat, his big thing is like eating liver and eating um, organ meats and all that stuff. It's not something I'm into, but like, I'm open to the idea that that's superior. And I know a lot of animals like, you know, like sharks or sorry, uh, orcas go for like great white sharks liver and the alpha male and a lion, you know, pack will eat the liver first or in a wolf pack. There's all these things that kind of showcase the fact that organ meats are very desirable in the animal kingdom and potentially are, are you know, beneficial more so than just regular meat uh, as far as a, uh, you know, nutrient-dense gram for gram more so than just skeletal muscle. Okay, that's cool too, right? But you're selling all this in a package as the poster boy of this uh, sales pitch where you're leaving out a key component. You're saying, even if it's just by indirect implication, I look like this because I do this, right? I'm jacked out of my fucking mind because I eat liver and live like my ancestors. Now, of course, it begs the question, did our ancestors look like you, you know? Did they have kettlebells and did they do bench presses and, and all these things? I think that starts to fall apart under scrutiny too, that no, our ancestors, you know, didn't have whatever that 60 extra pounds of muscle mass, which looks very cool. And, you know, you grow out the beard and look like a caveman, but obviously, you know, that's not really accurate to say either. Our ancestors didn't look like that, even if they were, you're doing certain things that they did. He's a self-proclaimed bodybuilder, and you'll see him like doing farmer's walks with ankle weights and pulling sleds and doing certain things where I'm like, okay, that is a good workout, but that's not how you built that body. You don't build bulging biceps with, um, you know, uh, farmer's walks. You could build up your forearms, but, you know, or, or your sled carries or whatever. So that's a little bit disingenuous. Um, and again, because you're leading with your physique, you are ultimately saying, directly or indirectly, Want to look like me? Do this. And the reason I take issue with that is because, of course, people aren't often, you know, especially when it comes to fitness, they're relying on your novice status, your naivete, which everybody starting in fitness is naive to some degree, and unless you know about anabolics, unless you know about trading, you're not going to know that somebody can't look like that without training a certain way and without putting certain substances into their body. And by leaving that out, and also sort of uh, making this gigantic direct opposition contradiction of ancestral living plus doing steroids, right? Did our ancestors have steroids? No, they didn't. So you're already making this uh, impossible contradiction in your reality and the way you live your life versus what you're pitching. Now, people have called him out on it, right? Somebody said, somebody posted this DM that he actually responded to and said, hey man, you're full of shit. Just tell your fans you're on gear or TRT, pussy. Now, I don't advocate doing that kind of stuff because I think it's like when people like pressure fitness influencers ever to like say they're on gear, it's like, I get why you can't do that. And I get like, he's a clever marketer. Like I get why he's not doing that. But I think it's just as important to have that conversation and broadcast it as, as much as he's going viral. I'd like the opposite message to go viral of, you know, the liver king's amazing and you can live like an, our ancestors and look like this. And I go, not without steroids. I would like to pump that message out as viral as he's going.
his response to that DM is very telling. And again, I don't believe in directly antagonizing people because it's just sort of obvious. It's like, we don't need him to tell us he's on steroids if he's not going to admit it. Like, I'm not going to be like, just admit it. You're a pussy if you don't. No, he's just a smart businessman, I guess, but a deceptive one. His response is, I've never cheated nor taken a shortcut in any capacity of life. You earn the life and wife, that's kind of a weird thing to throw in there, that you behold. Most people think it's impossible because they look like shit despite doing movements that they call work, which isn't, and despite eating clean, which isn't. My thesis is that if you commit to the nine ancestral tenets, you will unlock the greatest version of yourself, your inner beast, oh yeah. You will optimize your testosterone, your growth hormone, your IGF-1, your DHT, your metabolic markers, and you will achieve a higher version of yourself that is to behold too. I believe in the ways of our ancestors. We are descendants of the sole surviving species of genus Homo, the baddest blah, 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 baddest uh, mammalian predators that ever lived. Then he goes on and on. Now, first thing that sticks out to me is that was a yes or no question. Are you on steroids or are you not? So to write a sort of multi-paragraph essay in response to that, talking about optimizing your own HGH and testosterone, when you're injecting that into your body, and even if you are optimizing your own testosterone and HGH, that's great, but you can do that in simple ways like sleeping well and training heavy. That's kind of all. And, and the, the benefit after that of any supplements you're going to take, testosterone boosters, in my experience, is all bullshit. So the fact that he's bringing up hormones as if like you can follow this thing and then, oh, naturally you're going to like, it's basically like you're on steroids because your HGH is going to be through the roof eating this liver and living like a caveman. Eh, bullshit. So it's just suspicious that he would, I would just ignore that if I were him, but it, but it's very telling, especially the language he uses. Like I've never cheated. Well, we're not, you know, talking about you being an Olympic sprinter or competing in a tested powerlifting event, Right. His question was, do you do steroids or not? Because your sales pitch is ancestor living and steroids weren't available to our ancient ancestors. So I pick up on stuff like this because I was a sort of victim of this kind of um, sales propaganda starting from my entry point into fitness when like creatine was the big thing. And Celtec was this really expensive creatine where like they mixed it with dextrose and you get this huge jug of it and it was super sweet and disgusting and like, the sales pitch was like 10 pounds of muscle in two weeks. Really, it's like creatine, but the dextrose helps you absorb it. So yes, you could gain 10 pounds, but it's 10 pounds of water weight. And also the servings, like creatine is super cheap. You can get, you know, hundreds of servings for not that much these days. Go check it out. Sales tech would be like, this, this whole jug is like 20 servings, right? So I'd be paying like 60 bucks every two weeks to get this cell tech. And the reason I bought it... Um, was because you'd see these bodybuilders, these gigantic um, IFBB open Mr. Olympia competitors, you know, who were like 290 pounds shredded at the height of 5'7 or 5'8, you know, Nasser, Elson, Beatty, Dorian Yates, not Dorian Yates in these ads per se, but some of the well-known bodybuilders from the 90s. Before I knew about anabolics and I'm 15 years old, I'm thinking, oh, these guys look that way because of Celtec. And that's their intention to make you think they look this way and they achieve those results with Celtec, with creatine, with whatever supplement of the month they're pushing. And you get these muscle magazines that sort of purported to be information-based, but everything was like a pseudo sales pitch. So you'd have like muscle mag owned by muscle tech, which made Celtec. And they'd sort of ostensibly be doing a profile about one of these bodybuilders. And then on page three, all of a sudden they're holding this big jug of 
Celtech, like, this is, oh, and my secret, you know, what's the secret to these games? Flip open the page and buy the magazine. Celtech, right? It ain't Celtech. It's massive amounts of steroids. And so by doing that and doing that bait and switch and making it seem like, oh, it's because of this, and then not mentioning steroids at all, like this guy's doing, he's taking something trendy, which is like this ancestral paleo diet, CrossFit style training, and redoing, revamping that basic propaganda sales deception approach of the 90s. And that will continue. And I just hope that we can look at this kind of stuff each week so I can give you the kind of critical eye that I have in approaching anybody trying to sell me anything where there's a hidden agenda, okay? And there's so many hidden agendas in fitness. And who's going to benefit from that? The fraudsters who make it seem like they're just earnestly sharing their secrets with the world. Bullshit. You're a fraud. See you next time. Okay, what's up, everyone? We've got another hater of the week. This guy... Mark, yeah. in the call right now. Who's it from? He sounds serious. He said he wants to cancel you. Oh, shit. I know who this is. Hey! Is this, um, Mr. Mr. Pipple? It's me. Who is it? Is this the, is this the cripple hate? No, do you hate cripples, Mark? Um, do I hate do cripples? Hate the disabled community? I, no, no, I don't. I was. <laughs> no, you don't hate the disabled community. So you just, you just fuck go on my Instagram, popping shots at me. Uh, when I'm looking at yours right now, I'm looking dead at yours. And, and I'm thinking mine and your legs are about the same size here. Mom. Okay. Okay, you don't have to, you know, I, I, I work hard on my legs, and I feel like that's a hurtful comment for you to say. You work hard on that. Yes. You are, no, okay, you, you had your little fun in your segment, so let me get my segment out of the way. Okay. I, okay, but, okay, if I let you do this, you're not going to cancel me, right? <laughs> I won't cancel you, man. I enjoyed the show. I, I got a little laugh out of it, but I, I enjoyed the... My segment, I want, I want, is this steer queer? Is this steer queer? So I, I assume you mean. I'm guessing you're the steer. You're the steer. Today. Okay. Hey, oh, you know, okay. Friend, I, you, are walking, you are walking so down queer street. I don't even know what to say. This man, the first post I see, you got a boner in the gym. Why do you have that boner, Mark? Because you were spotting Chappelle? No, I, I don't, I don't. He went from short hair to long hair. This motherfucker grew out his hair just where Brandon Saab has something to hold on to. Oh, oh my God. That's hurtful. Well, got more lips than I got legs talking all that hot shit about me and my squat. And look at this. I ain't seen one squat video. I'm about 30 deep. I, I, I squat. I just don't usually post it as a thing. Like, I, I just. Oh, it's, it's a thing? It's a thing. Yeah. I, I, you know. Please, please. I, First of all, cripples are the backbone of America. You go to Walmart. Who's, who's the first person to greet you at Walmart? Uh, cripple, 100%. Right. 100%. Governor of Texas. Cripple as shit. Never see a paralyzed man that don't need a foot plate, but he don't have one. Cripple. Why you got to hate on us, Mark? Why I, you got to hate on this little man? Can, I just, I, I thought, I, I just thought it would be fine. I guess it was the wrong thing to do. I, I just, I, I feel bad. I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody. I was just having some fun. Somebody dared me to do it, and I said, sure. I, 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 you cuddle with your cat, and you think about what you said. Okay, Mr. Pipple. Uh, Zach, what, what, what do you prefer to be called? No, man, what do you want to call me now? What do you want? You already, you already made fun of my little nubs. First of all, I do work my nubs. You don't understand how sore my little nubs get after a good night of loving a thick Latina. 
I, I don't doubt that. And I, you know, you've gotten, give me I got different... one hamstring and I'll tell you that thing feels like it's about to rip off some nights, big boy. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I'm just going to say that's a point for us to connect on. I love me a thick Latina too. So I'm sure you're, Dick to body weight ratio is much bigger than mine, but um, you know, we, uh, I think we can at least relate on that. I've, I've been called a human tripod. Human tripod. Now that's an image for all our our viewers and listeners to think about. Yeah, my dick's about the same length as my legs these days, but you know what I'm saying. I got a little. I got the cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, well, you know what? I, I was scared to, to answer the phone earlier, but I can tell you've got a really good sense of humor. So I, I appreciate you calling. And you know what? Um, I appreciate the segment. Maybe we'll keep that going. Is this steer queer? And, and I'll let other people call in and, and uh, tell me if they think I'm gay or not. <laughs> All right, brother. You have a good one, man. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. I love the podcast. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Whew. My heart is still racing. I just... I hope he doesn't wheel his ass out here and try to beat me up. I just, please, if you're watching this, Zach, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I just, I was having a little fun. Just no hard feelings, huh? <laughs> We're good? <laughs> We're good? Cool. <laughs> Block. All right, we got another Champion of the Week segment for you guys today. Today, I'm bringing in my close friend, my workout partner, uh, Chappelle Lacey. So... <sighs> Where to start with you, Sean? <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, on Oprah. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about I get your a childhood. Car. <laughs> now we've we've already done like we've had two hour long podcasts on on your uh, podcast. It's managed. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about a lot of stuff. We talk about stuff yeah. every morning. You've driven the conversation before, and so now it's my turn. Now I'm getting you back, motherfucker. That's your turn to drive, like yeah. that Incubus song. <laughs> I don't know what that. Whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be drive. We're just going to do the, yeah. the whole song, and that'll be the segment. Does he um, mention drive in that song? He does. Sorry. Open arms and open the... Yeah. Insane voice I have. Um, <laughs> incredible. So I'm going to keep this down to a few main categories, because the idea of the champion of the week is like the people that I get to see up, up, up close and how you yeah. pursue excellence. Because you're somebody who... I've seen you do stand-up a bunch. Yeah. You kill it. Like, and, and I guess one of the things that people, like, you hear a lot of this feel like, I didn't know you were that funny. Let's see on the podcast. You're an introvert, a true introvert. It's big right? time, yeah. Big time introvert. And people don't realize, now, when you're one-on-one -on -one with me, we have in-depth conversations, but you're just not the type of person to, like, insert yourself. If, if there's a comment yeah. going on, you're going to observe. You're not going to be like, oh, my turn yeah. to talk, right? Very observant, yeah. Yes, extremely observant. And so that just, like... I'm starting out with that because people may not realize, if you haven't seen Chappelle do stand-up, like, I've just seen you destroy rooms so hard that it's like, and a lot of people, I know you and how funny you can be, but if you've never seen yeah. you outside of, like, the context of the fighter and the kid, you may not know that you can get up with a microphone and just yeah. demolish a room. And yeah, just it, even, even my, my mom to this day thinks it's the wildest thing that I do stand-up comedy. Yeah. Because my mom truly knows... My, bio my biological mom, not my adoptive folks, but my mom truly knows um, how I am. And you've always been that way, right? Always, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So the categories that I wanted to touch on real briefly were, you know, some of the themes that I think, what are the underpinnings of success for you? And I just came up with a few things that I think about. The first one being, 
you are non-conformist in a lot of way, right? You're a, like, people look at you and they go, oh, you must have played ball. You could have been a linebacker. You yeah, could have yeah, been a yeah. running back. And, like, you could have. You're extremely strong naturally, <clears throat> maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. I swear it's natty. Uh, you know, I swear it's natty. Like, you're hitting 500-pound deadlifts with, like, not that much experience. Repping yeah. So all these things were... You know, you're sort of like built to play football, but you didn't play football. You were no. a cheerleader, right? Um, and then secondly, like you're an introvert who does stand-up comedy. You're a black guy who loves punk rock. Like yeah. all these things are sort of mismatches. And at any point, somebody else who isn't you might have been in that situation and like succumbed to a peer pressure or a pressure to yeah. conform. Play football. Okay, I'm scared not to. Yeah. What? You're an introvert. You can't do comedy. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. All these things. Uh, black dudes aren't supposed to like punk rock. Get into rap. You know, not that you don't like yeah, rap, yeah. but like you defy people's peer pressure. So what does that mean to you? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess just, I don't know. It's hard for me to do things that I don't like. Like I don't, I don't pay attention to things that I don't like. I don't really, yeah. like if I don't like something, I'm not going to give it energy. And it's yeah. like, and I've learned to just give energy to things that like, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's like if I'm really into something, why not just lean into that? Yeah. You know, and all the things that I've happened to lean into, it's never been like off of a, you know, like some type of pressure. You know, I've never felt pressure to like, you know, do the things that I like to do, you know, like, or like, I've or I've done it out of like, out of like, out of character or anything like that, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, and that's sort of part of an introvert's qualities is, you know, people think like introvert means shy or not shy. Now that's an element of it, but really- That's an element, yeah. Yeah, really what I've found is that extroverts tend to define themselves more by how the world perceives them. Yeah. And introverts define the world by how they perceive the world. Yeah, so it's like yeah. you're in your own world and you're judging when you observe, you're also going, I'm taking it all in and forming yeah. my own opinions and your outside judgment of me has a lot less effect. So uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people's judgment of me like doesn't really matter like I don't, I don't like that. I don't like to let that get to me because yeah. even even if it even if it's good, sometimes you know, like yeah. it's it's appreciated when it's good. Yeah. But like you know, like I don't want to rely on that as to why, you know, I yeah. you know I don't want that to be my fulfillment because it's yeah. you know, external validation is fleeting. I mean, that's one thing. What you like, say? I yeah, I I don't look. Yeah, I've never really looked for people to like me, you know, because I I mean when I when yeah. I think about growing up, no one really. Not too many people really did. It's ironic like because you like, know. most people walk away from meeting you and they're like, Chappelle is a super likable guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not necessarily, you're just being you and you're kind and, and yeah. you're sweet and you're a listener. But like, you, you, you're not like, you don't come across as a try hard in any way to get no, people to like No, and that's you. why whenever like, you know, especially like when, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, people, you know, haters will say. Uh, there's, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, people, you know, people send some like hateful yeah. uh, messages my my way, but it's but I never let it get to me, you know, mainly because um I just think everyone has a backstory. Yeah. You know, and I don't know this person and yeah. they don't necessarily know me. So it's kinda hard for me to like yeah. you know, to take that as like a serious yeah thing. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. They just like how do they how, how does someone online truly know who I am? Right. You know, I mean Listen, and I get that you do what you do, and it's funny watching <laughs> right. you do what you do. Yeah, because I mean, this yeah. approach, my approach isn't for everybody. It's just yeah, your, approach, to like, your approach is it, I, I relish in it. You delegate. Like, you'll maybe be like, yo, check this person out. You want to go after them? Like, but you don't bother Let me hit it. a mark. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, yeah. that's really smart because it's yeah. it's very true to who you are. Yeah. And I was going to piggyback on something you said about, like, backstory. I think you are a profoundly empathetic person, Um 
in part because you have a lot of pain, a lot of things you've overcome as far yeah. as, you know, abuse in difficult circumstances. And I've never heard you play the victim. I've never heard mm -hmm. you play anything. This is just like something that makes you stronger. And you take those lessons and actually like, because of that, instead of closing up or being mean to people, you use that as a way into understanding others. Yeah. And also yeah. it's led you to do more so, I was gonna say, it's led you to do like the kind of work that I think almost everyone could benefit from. Like going through anger management, going through therapy, like doing the type of journaling and self-reflection, like yeah. it's, to me, it creates a maturity in you that like everybody could benefit from doing what yeah, you've done. Yeah, I mean, one, I know what it's like to be mean. And two, like, you know, I've, I mean, when I think about growing up with my, uh, my stepfather and how crazy that situation was, it's like, well, once I found out, oh, he has a backstory, yeah. you know what I mean? And not, and then, you know, anything, yeah. you know, all that verbal and physical abuse, I don't take personal. I was just like, oh, it's just, that was just what happened. And, you know, he, yeah. it was his environment. That's what he knew. You know what I mean? So like, that's why, like, whenever I think of people, you know, messaging me, like, it, and, and honestly, it's rare. It yeah. doesn't happen like yeah. a lot, you know, but when it, but it does happen. It's yeah. natural. Not everybody's going to fucking like you. And it's like, but who cares at the same yeah. time, yeah. you know, but you know, I don't, you know, I just go, oh, you know, meh. The person right. probably, man. You genuinely yeah. brush I don't it know, off. I don't know what that person's day is like. Yeah, you right. Know? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll be actually in traffic. It's funny. You're like, find yourself. You're like, ah, you're like you catch yourself so quickly <laughs> in road rage. You're like, you'll get mad that somebody cut you off. But not, like, it doesn't, it's like, it like has one little bubble. And then you're like, oh, man, they probably had a bad day. Like, you'll actually, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Because it sounds like a parody of like a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But it's genuine because yeah. you're going like, your mind is so Quickly able to do that through yeah. so much practice, and yeah. you do like but listen, you don't hold grudges. Pre, pre anger yeah. management, Chappelle. Right, but that's good because that, that shows that. you you yeah. can you can actually make that journey from like angry to more empathetic. Yeah. And I think a lot of men could do that. It's just it's uncomfortable to practice that. Yeah, you know, and like it's like, but, but also at the same time, like I love to have dialogue. You know, yeah. and I can't have dialogue online. You right. know, with yeah. people. You know, because it's just like yeah. I mean, once you're already hating, it's like. This isn't, you're saying stuff to me you wouldn't say in person. That's what yeah. I also hate about it. Yeah. It's like, but anybody like, come say it to my face. You're not threatening people. No, no, yeah, you right. Know, it's like, like, yeah, what's well, so let's, how, we, how do you want to, what do you want to do with this conversation? Yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that's mainly my thing. It's like, what do you want me to do with this information? And what do you want to, what do you want to do with this conversation? Yeah. And if there's nothing that can be done with the conversation, then I, I just. Yeah. You let things go really quickly. And I think that's yeah, a sign. And it's, like, in, and it's insane knowing that I'm able to do that because I know exactly how I used to be. That's what's insane about it because yeah. I used to be a fucking nut. Yeah. Oh man, you, I mean, I mean, just the shit I would try to fight people over was just. You used to be a hater, huh? Not a hater, but I was just like ready to fucking. Yeah, it used to be ready, violent and aggressive. Very violent. Yeah, yeah, very violent, very aggressive. And but that's uh, where you came from too. It's like that's you were experiencing where I came abuse, from. so like it's a natural thing. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a natural instinct. I see that as like. Yeah, you know, and, and, you've, and you've overcome it, and that gives yeah. you the strength. Anybody overcoming anything, it's like if you can get through what you did and not have a victim mentality and not hold a grudge. Yeah, I mean that's a very powerful. Yeah, point. like and like I always think about like when someone sends like hate my way, and I'm like, imagine you know like when I think about not replying or anything like or not giving it any energy. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, what if that's something that makes a person think twice about what they said? You know, by not right. giving it the and right. That, this is me. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about you. you yeah, know, no, you, no, exactly. Yeah. I, and I have my own justifications for my approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, and I'm not wrong saying, with your yeah, it, what you're doing is correct in the sense that, like, if you don't give them what you're doing, like, 
because you could look at what I'm doing online and be like, oh, Mark's a maniac too. And I kind of <laughs> am. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you can see that I relish this shit. Yeah. What you're doing is, and sometimes I will do that approach of, I'll be like, why would you say that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what does that benefit from you? And that's one of my little tools in my arsenal. But for you, it's like um, saying, you're not, not responding to it. These people are looking for conflict. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That validates their, if they can make somebody else feel angry and upset and confrontational and aggressive, that validates why they're doing it in the first place. Now you're playing the same yeah. game. They got you to play their game by not doing it. It's like, at some point, I yeah. do think it happens. I've yeah. seen it happen where people like, you know, I've called people, I'm like, why do you, spend? like, a few people, they're like, I, yeah, you're right. I don't know why. I need to think about There's that. There's one time I did reply. Oh, yeah? <laughs> someone said something about Oasis. There you go. They just you said, know, <laughs> you know, don't they, give me they, ideas. They said, um, what's, with the, what's with your obsession with Oasis? Get over it. And then I was like. You said, suck my dick, bitch. No, I just <laughs> said, I said, uh, me liking Oasis has nothing to do with you. Right. And they were like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? No, I like, saying, what are you going to say to that? Because yeah, I thought you were going to be like, like, oh, one time I did respond and I was like aggro with them, but you're just like, no. That's the perfect response. Yeah, it's just like, it calls it has them out. I'm like, it you. has nothing to my preference in music, shouldn't make you upset. Yeah. You know? So another thing that I was going to talk about, um, speaking of Oasis, because when I think of Chappelle, it's sort of, if you know you well, you're yeah. not somebody who's got a different interest every day, stand up. Music, yeah. playing the guitar and getting better at that. Yeah. Um, particular reading. bands like Oasis, reading. Um, I've turned you on to some things like like you don't really pay attention to like the pop culture of politics. Like if you no. said like, hey, what's in the infrastructure bill? You're like, I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But you will, if I say, oh, you should check out this um, like Thomas Pinker or Thomas Soul or Noam yeah, yeah. Chomsky or somebody like that. Yeah. You are interested in doing deep dives into things yeah. that are more serious. So I kind of see you as a, having this really good trait of like mastering things and diving deeply into them. And whether that's like cheerleading, for example, like yeah. you have to be obsessed in order to be a world champion. And Chappelle is a world champion cheerleader. That, that, that was He's a, got the rings to prove and, it. And I can't believe it because you yeah, can't the last dabble time, in that, right? The, the last time I was a champion was 2013. And then I won champion of the week this week. It's crazy. I mean, Give it up, huh? Huh? And they said I couldn't do it they again. They said the haters said, said he wouldn't I couldn't be get able another to fucking gold medal. Yeah, you got. You know, it. you're gonna have the 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 ring for cheerleading. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you seen my just, cheerleading. You know, no, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's legit. So yeah, it speaks to the power of only focusing on things that you can really do well and saying fuck the rest. Yeah. You're not interested. Like you don't. People won't <laughs> be like, you know, like a narrative on you is like Chappelle doesn't know anything, but like you don't know anything about not know anything, but you don't care to keep up with the day-to-day -day of pop culture BS. And I no. find that highly admirable because when I put that into my brain, I know it's all junk. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help me in any facet. Yeah. Unless you're like doing a show about, you know, it's like there's some stuff, sure, you could just. I think of like, it like junk food. Yeah. It's like, imagine if I just ate that every day. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I have before. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've been at Chick-fil-A quite well, a few times. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with I've you. I've eaten junk I've food. I've had a zinger. Is it a zinger? A zinger? You know those them fucking, zingers? Uh, you ain't those some, cupcakes? Some zingers? Is it a zinger? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The, the or a zebra stuff. cake? Hold yeah. on. Casey's um, looking it up. Because I need to know. Yeah. Because it's going to bug me. Zingers? Yes, 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 yes. There we go. Mm. There we go. Mouth-watering. Yeah, I guess... Um, you know, I guess just through the world of anger management, it's helped me really narrow down uh, 
what the things I can control and things I can't control. That's a great phrase. You know, and uh, so like I just look at life completely different and just realize, uh, and also me being a, you know, and loving the world of stoicism yeah, and just, uh, you know, always paying attention to that. It's like when you realize what you can control, you know, then all of a sudden like you walk through life differently. Like I can't, I can't control, you know, I can control what I put out there, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, putting myself out there into the world. I can't really control like how, you know, people receive it or whatever, but, yeah. you know, I mean, if it's authentic to me and it feels great to me, that's all that really matters to me. Yeah. You know, but you know, if, if people like it, that's fucking amazing. That's an yeah. absolute plus. But if people don't like it, you know, I never was really looking for anyone to like, you know, I don't know. I just never looked for validation in that in that area. Yeah. You know, uh, I, so, I do the yeah. things and I put it out there because I it's what I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I and, think uh, I'm going to end on that thought because I think that basic notion to relate to the theme of the show, if you're not dependent upon external validation, yeah, then people not giving you that or going out of their way to hate, you know, like, yeah. and I kind of like, what, what is hate? It's not like, I mean, people have called you racist shit before that I'm aware of, but like, I don't mean like hate speech in that sense. I mean, like, people have people called me racist shit. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's interesting. <gasps> ah, yep. I, you, I always, I always, call like, me you, racist know what, shit you know, what, you know, what's always funny about the racist shit? What? It's the most, le it's the least clever. Right. Because <laughs> it has nothing to do with you. You, you, like, you let it oh, go you faster. Like, oh, you, you're just, like, you just want to say these yeah, words. You're regurgitating like yeah. somebody taught you that it was hurtful to yeah. use the N-word toward so a black guy or hurtful, whatever. So yeah. you think it's hurtful towards but yeah, me, but it's like. Yeah, you're uh, genuinely you, not bothered. And it just like, shows how much you know about me. Yeah, like, and oh. I'm more bothered. Like if I see it, like I'll fucking go to bat and be like, I need to put this guy in his place and take that time. But like you literally, it just, you're just like, hmm. That's uh -huh. the best. I like. I always like to say this. That's the best. Come up with. <laughs> so, just to reiterate that basic point: if you're not dependent on external validation, the yeah, people yeah. withholding that or giving you this excessive harsh criticism, and you know, for the purpose of trying to get under your skin or make you doubt yourself, it just isn't going to work, is it? Yeah, it's just. I mean, hmm. you're still doing you, still crushing. Yeah, shows. yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you. It's like, oh, if what? You, if did, you hear did that, I just do a show where 400 people were laughing their ass off? And, you know, yeah. The entire set? Crazy. Yeah. Well, because that's, you're I mean. That's funny. Oh, that's, okay. What? <laughs> well, that's a reality. Yeah. You right. know, that's right there in front of me. I see that. That's the reality. Yeah. You know, where it's like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it, it's crazy. It's Ever crazy. since you got that blue check, man. Can't tell oh, you no. shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? Yeah, you're one you of the only people who hasn't changed, actually. <laughs> since you got that blue check, you know. I haven't changed. Yeah, I thought no. you were gonna come out like, "What up?" Oh, the name's Nash Chappelle. It's Blue Check yeah. Lacey. Also, like, yeah, I guess I just realized there's a thing to a level to like knowing who you are and understanding who you are. Yeah. And nothing else could ever get to you. Yeah. So when people say something, it's like, "Well, I know who I am. You yeah. clearly don't." Yeah. Because I don't even know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So like, it's that's another. That's another it's thing. It's very you know? powerful to know who you are, so that nobody else can even. You would have to be around me literally every day. To know something about me. Yeah. To I even mean, hope to have an angle in. To even hope to have it. Yeah. And there's so much. And yeah, if you're around Chappelle every day, man, you, you you can't not like this guy. I mean, come up. on. You know? <laughs> Dude, I mean, you can hate me if you want. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, would you even go as far as say, you can hate me now, but I won't stop now. You can hate me now, but I won't Shout out to uh, Diddy. Shout out to Diddy. Right? Land on that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
That concludes episode five of Haters Will Say. You know, I wanted to address this earlier, but yes, I am wearing all black today because unfortunately we had to say goodbye to a close friend of mine. The last three inches of my hair. Yes, I got a haircut. Yes, it's cute. Thank you for asking. Oh my God, what cutest haircut of all time? You said it, not me, okay? So I just want to appreciate every person who's been tuning in and listening and watching Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever it's up now. We're going to get it on Spotify soon. Thank you for the feedback. People tell me they like it. And even people tell me, you know, this segment was boring or do more of this. I appreciate all of that. Please keep telling me what you like, what you don't like, where I'm starting to sound redundant. I'm open to feedback. I'm even open to hate, okay? It's just I'm going to use that as entertainment, okay? So I'll see you guys next week. I wish you all the best. And just remember... Respect this nation's cripples, all right? Because you, you don't want to piss them off because they have very sharp tongues and they can say very hurtful things. Goodbye.